This is the voice of Carnage, and you are listening to Carnage Cast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Carnage Cast. It's episode 55, and it's the most glorious of fall holidays, Columbus Day. Very glorious. Uh, I can just look out the window now and see that it is pitch dark. It is delightful. <laughs> it could be any day of the week or year out there. Yes, definitely could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, with me today is Ray. How you doing, Tyler? Good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Three in a row. That might be a record. It, well, I think you technically hold the record. But... Oh, I don't care. I'm the host. I'm like Pat Sajak. No, oh, that's true. Are you implying that I'm Vanna White? No, I'm implying that you're someone who's coming back and keeps winning money. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's how Wheel of Fortune works. I don't know if that's how Wheel of Fortune I works. I might be either, Alex but... Trebek in this equation. Fair enough. You know the Trebek equation. They opened for uh, King Crimson. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, it's as this episode posts, it's Columbus Day. Everybody, some people are getting to enjoy the, the three-day weekend. Other people are not. I am. Well, aren't you lucky? I am. I am lucky in that regard. It's just going to be a normal two-day weekend for me. Okay. We should play a game or something. We could. Uh, in the meantime, though, for people who are listening, the Carnage book has been out since last Monday. It was, uh, it was a little fever in the air in the morning because we had scheduled the book to drop at noon, and people were posting online that they were getting the book in the mail. Yes. Not saying that anybody had stayed home to wait for the book to arrive. <laughs> <laughs> not suggesting that. I'm just saying people were getting it in the morning. And I find if you're getting it in the morning, that means you never left the house. There's a very good possibility of that. But then again, I'm sure that some people work from home. or Yep. Or they use their work address. Or they use their work address, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Great deal of the day went to enjoying the posts of people showing off that their book had arrived. I know Carlo, our king beyond the wall, got his autographed. Yes, I, I saw that as well. With the book, of course, you know, people are reading it. It's a new set of eyes. And I get to enjoy things like a friend of mine posted his reg form, which he had immediately filled out for the entire weekend within hours of having gotten the PDF or the uh, the paper copy. That's crazy. Yes, it is crazy. He's crazy Chris. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of fun tagging the GMs on the, the different items on his schedule. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That really is. They were happy about that. He's doing two Fate of the Norns games. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, one by the designer, Andrew Volkoskis, who you will find in the archives of Carnage Cast. Uh, and uh, one by one of his new fans. Oh, wow. Dave Crowell from New York is also running. I did not know Dave was running one. He is. He's running yes. Sunday morning. Well, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. So we have four slots of Fate of the Norns, not just three this year. That's great. It's a great game. I played it mm-hmm. two years ago. When, uh, you were the banging on the table group, right? Yes, we were banging on the table, creating crazy ships, and yeah, we were. Uh, it was quite a fun time. I had a blast playing it. Honestly, I think that was the first time. That was the. I think that was Andrew's first year. That was Andrew's first year. Yes, and he had brought Mjolnir, which was fantastic. Yes, and very heavy. How heavy? Um, I think it started off as a hundred-pound block of steel. And then it was, the edges were beveled Mm. down to make it a little less than that. But it was still, I wasn't going to be swinging it around anytime soon. No. No, I think he he keeps it in a rolling suitcase or something, right? Yes, yes. It's it's way too heavy to just like pick up and carry around. No, it's a two-hander just to get it off the table. Table, yeah. With the, and as the, as the book is published, we have been reminded that to air is human. 
Yes. Um, there are various things uh, that we, we, you know, we go through the book multiple times to make sure that the event listings are correct and everything lines up and the schedule makes sense. We, we don't catch everything. People out in the world catch things for us. Yes. And that's why we have our web addendum. Yes. The web addendum is a page on CarnageCon.com where we are listing not only uh, the, the updates and clarifications that we're discovering, uh, but also new games that are coming in because they missed the print deadline for the book, uh, as well as an, any unfortunate cancellations. Right. Um, so you will want to go to CarnageCon.com, and then you can, if you look in the convention book menu item, you will find the convention book addendum beneath. Or if you go to the pay, the uh, sticky at the top of the news feed is the uh, the convention book post, and that also links to the web addendum. So if you are a latecomer to uh, to the convention and you want to pre-register, you still can. Uh, you can. I, I actually recommend looking at those those addendum game editions first because yes. they're less likely to have filled up. And if you want to be a walk-in, that's also going to be the case. The, the addendum games are often a great way to to get into a game after the pre-reg uh, flood has passed. Yes. In fact, Ray, you're running an addendum game. Yes, I am. Uh, I am running a uh, RPG game on the addendum. Don't want to talk about it too much here. Some mm -hmm. uh, surprises and stuff in store, but uh, definitely if uh, people want to play, um, you know, check out the addendum and sign up through it for there. Yeah. Uh, and it's a it's an on theme game. Yes, it is an on theme game. Yes, uh, it is entitled uh, "Heck of a Way to Make a Living." Mm -hmm. The theme this year being the Wild West because it's a fistful yes. of carnage. So there will be horses and revolvers. And... Horses and revolvers and cowboys and bandits and mines, land grabs. Mines, maybe, maybe mines and land grabs. Uh, we're definitely going to have some interesting stuff, and I'm actually going to have. Uh, I will be in uh, trench coat, cowboy hat. Uh, bandana costume and actually for the people playing my game I will have bandanas for them as well I like that you dress up for the games you run I honestly I dress up for I don't dress up for the games I run so much as I coincide my Halloween costume with the theme of carnage mm -hmm. so that way I get two uses out of my Halloween costume right um, and then I usually try to wear it one day at the con um, and do something like that. A few years ago, I was the Mad Hatter when yes. we did the the Alice in Wonderland theme. I've that's, come in. That's the one I was thinking of in particular because it, it was so clearly, oh, that's his Halloween. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then I've done, um, when we had, when we did the Carnage Noir, I came in all dressed up. I had uh, the full suit and everything. And I even adjusted my facial hair for that and did the pencil thin mustache and all of that, which was a little odd to say the least mm. um i definitely looked a little different but um i'm not doing any weird facial hair stuff and honestly most of the stuff i have this year is stuff i already own so it works out well mm -hmm. i'm also running not in the addendum i'm also helping to run the dominion tournament which mm -hmm. we've been doing for a few years now mm -hmm. uh, michael tut and i uh, run that together and we have multiple tables going, usually four or five tables yep. of four playing the game. Everybody seems to have a really good time. We do random card pools for... Yeah, uh, and Dominion is the deck building game. Yes, uh, it's, yes. It's a very popular deck building game that came out in like 2009 and it's still going strong. And so when everybody... So in these, in, in the, the rounds of the tournament, everybody's 
all the different tables are using the same pool of cards, right? Correct. So that it's a, the fairest scoring that we can possibly get for something along those lines. Mm -hmm. um, everybody seems to have a really good time playing it. And honestly, it's not that much work running it. So it's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, it's just you, you, uh, you announce the cards and then people get to work. Yes, exactly. What's the skill range on a, on a Dominion tournament like that? Do you get a lot of people who are learning the game for the first time? I mean, admittedly, it's a... We've had seven-year-old game, right? Five-year-old five -year game. game, and in the past, we've had people who were just learning it for the first time, or had only played it like once or twice, um, who really enjoyed it. Actually, a couple friends of mine who I had taught the game to and only played with them once ended up playing, and they really enjoyed it. The mo uh, there's a chunk of the people that play it that have been playing it for a really long time. Yep. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had some people that were relative newcomers actually win the tournament um, yep. or at the very least place in the top uh, for a couple times now. So, And it's still friendly. It's friendly play. Is It is very friendly play. There's no real cutthroat about it. There's nothing, you know, people aren't getting very serious about it. They're not getting angry and, yep. and upset about it. Um, Nobody's sizing up the other players to see who the fish are. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's going to run Saturday night. Yes, Saturday night. It's traditional. It's sort of there's always uh, traditionally been some kind of card game tournament on Saturday nights. Yes. Originally it was Bang. Bang's time passed and it became Dominion. And we haven't figured out what the next card game tournament's going to be. But you know Dominion's holding strong for the moment, so mm -hmm. we'll. Although I mean I've I understand or the rumor that I've heard from certain people is that they have reached their expansion life cycle. I can imagine that. They were releasing expansions quite often. When we do it at the con for the tournament, just because of availability, we tend to use only the original base set, mm -hmm. which is really good for beginning players because that's usually what they've been introduced to, so they don't have to work with the advanced concepts of the expansions. Right. So. And it, it takes away a little bit of the interaction, which is what I liked about Dominion Intrigue and, and the later sets. It's yes. more like... Pass a card to the player on your left and then yes. tweak their nose and right. and don't, we've don't been, tweak somebody's nose. Right, and we've been known in the finals to switch it up and use Intrigue or one of the other standalone expansions. Once there are few enough players. Right, basically the final four we take and we'll throw them into Intrigue and make them you know, work with something new that they haven't been playing three games with all night. So. I'd like to propose something radical. I think the final round of this year's Dominion should be all alchemy cards, one of which has to be Poltergeist. We will take it into consideration. <laughs> <laughs> Your suggestion has been taken on board and will be dropped over the side after we leave the harbor. Pretty much. <laughs> and the, the interesting thing about Dominion is I, I don't, I haven't followed the design cycle much, but I know he had many, many cards designed before the game ever published. So I'm just curious if your grand is just running through backstock and now that they're at a point where he would have to go through a whole new design cycle of generating more content. Probably go through a whole new design cycle, and at that point in time, it's just... It'll be a new game! Yeah, exactly. So that's not the only thing happening Saturday night that, I, uh, that we're looking forward to. You've got Dominion, yes. and that's usually kept you busy, while for the last couple of years, we've had Gygax Magazine pub quiz on Saturday night. Yes, I'm, I'm very disappointed that I've actually missed this the past few years. I, I, I have to admit, I'm impressed that the, the Dominion tournament has run that long because Pub Quiz starts at 11.30 after most of the other games have wound down. Yeah. But you, they must still be in like the throes of... 
Yeah, because I always stay right. Yeah, I always stay through the very end and uh, help pick up everything at the end. So I'm usually walking back by it when the trivia is either towards its end or full throws or whatever. And and I love trivia. Mm -hmm. I go to bar trivia when I can. I enjoy trivia a lot. And I've actually been fairly disappointed that I've missed it the past couple of years. Maybe I'll make it down this year. Well, I I think you should make time for it and and let Michael clean up because this pub this pub trivia is pretty fun. It uh, James Carpio and Mary Lindholm put it on. There are staff on the Gygax magazine, which is sort of a throwback to the print gaming magazines of yore, where it's, they bring in a lot of different reviews and articles. And huh? oh, they have a letters column. It's like the old days when people would right. argue in the in the letters column. <laughs> um, and Pub Quiz is based on a, a trivia game called Cube of Death. And uh, in, in this incarnation, there are teams of players, and each team, you know, needs to come up with the answer to different questions, and they'll go around and pose questions, and you can also sort of uh, use different character abilities, like somebody can backstab another team to steal or heal themselves for hit points, because teams have hit points, and as you miss questions, you lose hit points and things like that. That sounds very interesting. Mm -hmm. Cuba Death is something that was written by Peter Bryant, who's a GM in the Northeast. And so he came up with this card game called Cuba Death, and then James and Mary adapted it for more of the pub quiz setting uh, so we could get be more inclusive of who got to play. Because originally it was just head-to-head -head teams, oh. which is, it's a, you know, it's game show style. And right. That, that, that makes sense in certain contexts, but we wanted to get more people into it. Particularly because in that first year we were playing in the Lake Maury Theater, and uh, it was some loud mouths in the audience whom I'm not going to name because they know who they are uh, <laughs> started uh, playing Mystery Science Theater with the, with the game show. Gotcha. gotcha. And that was pretty interesting. It, by interesting, I mean it was hysterical. And, and people just started dropping in to see what was going on. And uh, now, it's, now it's more people get drawn in to join the team. So that, but there's a lot of friendly back and forth uh, banter and trash talking. Gotcha. Especially from Grace Dorman. Grace is quite the little trash talker, I think. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's put on by James Carpio and Mary Lindholm, and we're always very grateful for them to them for that because now they not only do pub trivia, but they're running tons of games all weekend. Right, right. Because James is a game designer, he's kickstarted things tied to two dungeon crawl classics, and now Mary's getting into the GMing act as well, and she's gotten completely on board with the Wild West theme. So. Oh, that's great. That's I'm great. I'm excited they're coming back, and I'm hoping that they have a nice full slate of players for their adventures because it's always a interesting mixed bag right like james is doing a uh, wild west star trek adventure that sounds exciting said the abrams trek universe it'll be i get but it's a throwback to those old episodes where it's like it's the planet of cowboys right it's the right. planet of nazis the planet of nazi cowboys <laughs> i fear those nazi cowboys just enough to motivate you to do something about them yes because you can't let that stand. You can't live in fear of Nazi cowboys. This is true. So let the fear motivate you to, to uh, heroism. And protect the people who do let the fear of Nazi cowboys mm -hmm. rule their lives. So this year, 2014 at Carnage, it's going to be Carnage 15, 16? Oh. 14 was Wonderland, 15 was Noir, 16 was On the Mountain. And 17, we're at 17 now. Yes, we are. This is the 17th carnage. And I am realizing that I'm coming up on a decade 
I've passed a decade since I show off started showing up. Yeah, no, I mean, I started, uh, we've talked about this in a previous podcast, but I started showing up at the fifth carnage, which was the last one in a Scutney. And I haven't missed a carnage since then. I started working for carnage at the 12th carnage Mm -hmm. was my first one that I worked. So you had seven years of playing around. Yeah. Yeah. Seven years playing around and then. And what brought you the first time at, at a Scutney? Uh, the first time at Escutney was a friend of mine who has been attending since the first one. I don't know if he made every one since the first one, but I know he went to a lot of the earlier ones. Was getting a group of us together, trying to get the discount for the group rate. Mm-hmm. And we ended up with this huge conglomeration of people going. And we all went to Escutney. We got a suite. Mm-hmm. We had people staying sleeping on the couch we had people sleeping on floors in beds there was a nest in the tub there was nobody slept in the tub but somebody did sleep in a closet um they chose the closet over the tub because they felt they'd have more privacy in the middle of the night that way they snuggled the closet safe yes yes and uh you know there was hijinks and shenanigans and people getting water dumped on them it was it was a, it was a great time, and you know I didn't play much for games. I just did magic because that's what I knew at the time. And it wasn't until the following year, which would have been the first year at uh, Lake Mori, that I started to branch out a little bit and mm-hmm. play other games and start to wander around and see what other people were doing. And from there, it just kept expanding mm-hmm. to the point of where. Um, I wanted to be more than just an attendee. I wanted to be part of it. Right. After seven years of you know gaming and I mean there was one year I didn't even get a hotel room. I just signed up to do stuff overnight and slept in a corner. It was the worst idea ever. That I is a terrible su- idea. I do not suggest that to anybody. I did not have a place to stay. I basically ran stuff the entire weekend and brought a cooler full of energy drinks and just pounded energy drinks all weekend to keep myself going. Okay, I just I, let's t- let's take a let's take a moment out from here because this brings up an important rule of going to conventions that I, I I like to underline for people. The numbers vary, but I like to go the seven three one rule: seven hours of sleep, three meals, one shower. And that's not seven hours of sleep. Seven hours of sleep in a corner, Raymond. <laughs> That's on some sort of flat surface with a covering. It might be a couch, it might be a tub, but some sort of flat surface with a covering. I was on the floor with a coat over me. <laughs> okay. The shower thing, yeah, didn't quite achieve that. Mm-hmm. And the meals, I was grabbing... Energy drink, st- not a meal. Huh? Taurine, not a meal. No, taurine is not a meal, and I agree with you there. I did eat some food from the Lake Mori hamburger cart thing that was in the main lobby there. So okay. I did have some food from there. I did eat. I just didn't bother yeah. getting a room because I didn't have money at the time to waste on, not to waste, to spend on that. Mm-hmm. So, and I still wanted to come to Carnage. Well, I'm glad you came, but priorities, man. Yeah, take priorities. care of yourself. Well, you have, exactly. As a convention girl, you've got to take care of yourself. Yeah, that was, that was, I, I do not suggest anybody doing that. No. I've, I have seen people wandering around, con goers wandering around at two, three in the morning before. And thinking to myself, do they have a place to sleep? Are they just wandering around? Because that's, it's not a smart idea. Nope. And like I said, some people differ over the numbers. It might be five, two, one, five hours and two meals. But always a shower. You always close on that shower. Shower, yes. You always close on at least that one shower. Mm -hmm. 
for your sake and for everybody else's. Yes. So that was the low point in uh, your your carnage going. That was definitely the low point in my carnage going was was that um, I think my high point was definitely the first year I worked, which was Carnage 12, nothing but Carnage. Um, I did a lot of, I was still kind of proving myself. I wasn't officially on the board yet. I had to yep, prove myself. Probation. Probation, right. And I was doing a lot of running around. A lot of running around. Mm -hmm. Back here, there, finding out what this person on the staff is up to. Because, you know, that's what somebody needs to do on occasion. You were the gopher. All right, I was the gopher. And um, at the end of the weekend, I was very proud of the job I did and so were the senior members to be and at our after dinner I was officially named as part of the staff and have been on the staff since. Well you were fast-tracked because fast -tracked. I was on probation for like a year. Well I was I started attending meetings the February before Carnage 12. Okay. So I was actually in meetings throughout the whole year. Mm -hmm. And then Carnage 12 came along. I was part of the planning process. When we got to the con, then that was the final thing. And then. Mm -hmm. So you've been coming since five. My first was eight. So that is, that's why it made me say we're coming up on a decade. Yeah. Behind the eight ball, I do believe it was. Uh, signs point to Carnage. Signs point to Carnage. That's right. Because it was the magic eight ball. Yes, it was the magic eight ball. That's I right. I still have that shirt. I treasure it. Nice, nice. Uh, I treasure most of my shirts. Some of them are in better condition than others because I have treasured them less. Fair enough. The ones I love the most are getting the most attention, that kind of thing. Right. It was completely spur of the moment that I went. I had not... I think I, I knew, had known about Carnage previously, hadn't really considered going to it, and then a friend of mine the week up was like, I'm going to this thing. Do you want to go? And I think he just wanted to put another body in the room for cost, and that worked out fine for me. Right. I had fun. I wanted to come back. I kept coming back. Uh, wound up staying in a really nice, uh, really spacious uh, room up on the third floor. At uh, Lake Maury. Yeah, up on the third floor of Lake Maury. It was just one of those spacious, out-of-the-way rooms where you could fit dozens of people. Right. Because it was, it was a fold-out armchair. It was like beds and a fold-out couch and a fold-out armchair. Wow. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. So that was always fun. Uh, I mean... And, and uh, as I kept coming back, I got more and more involved in running games. Because at first year, I didn't know what to do. I just kept walking around because I didn't know anybody. And I was still sort of figuring it all out. And I didn't know what to, really how to get into anything. But uh, mo mo going forward from that, I wound up being a man in black for Steve Jackson Games. So I basically wrote my convention schedule myself. I didn't have to wait for the book. It was like, well, clearly I'm going to spend every slot running a game. And it will be these games, and I know precisely where I'll be. And so that was a nice way to... It, 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 it was a deep-end tactic, looking back on it. And yeah, I, that's definitely a deep-end tactic. I hadn't really thought about it. I was just like, well, I'm going to run all these games, and that'll be great. And it was. Yeah. Man, I miss running Illuminati. I haven't played Illuminati since Carnage at Lake Mori, I think. Wow, I haven't played Illuminati since then either. I've played... That was a great game. Continues to be. Yeah, yeah. So... You spent, came to Carnage. Yep, came to Carnage. Spent a lot of time running games as a man in black. At the same time, up in Burlington, I was helping with LoreCon, which was a spinoff from Bakuretsu Con, because right. they, they split anime off from gaming. Uh, and then from LoreCon, Northeast Wars made a brief resurrection, and I got to help with that. And I guess that was sort of my audition for Carnage, because uh, Rod reached out to me after Northeast Wars and wanted to know if I wanted to... 
start assisting with that because Nick had tra- had transitioned out, and you were you were and uh, Bruce and Christy had all moved in at that point. Yes, yes. I know. Um, I started. I'm trying to remember when I started running games because at some point in time I realized that running a couple games not only helped the con but it uh, it got the GM badge, um, made right. it a little easier for me. I don't remember what I. S- when I started running, but I always, I always ran RPGs. Um, as a matter of fact, I think I've run maybe a couple board games. I don't think I've ever run a card game at Carnage. I've always run RPGs and I know I had a, the first year I didn't know what to expect mm-hmm. running a game. I was like, Oh, what's going on here? You know, who am I going to have? Am I, are people going to know how to play? Am I going to be teaching people? And I actually ended up with a fairly mixed bag. I had a couple people that had never really played before, and I had a rules lawyer and a couple other people. And and what game was this? It was it was D and D. It was third edition D and D was the first thing I ran at uh, Carnage, mm-hmm. and I had a blast. You know, I made it through the the running it. I made it through the weekend, and I had an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. And I continued to run things for the next couple of years until I joined as the staff, and then I started less and less running just as my time got consumed by yep. staff priorities. So it's great. You know, I'm actually really glad to be going back and running an RPG this year. It's kind of nice. Yeah, I've I've always sort of seen that as like time out during the convention where I can just have fun. Uh, this year I don't get to do that, but I'll hopefully return to it. And I've, you know, I've had I've had my Ghostbusters thing for the last couple of years. I mean, that's sort of my signature game. Right. And in, in that way, do you do you think you had a signature game or mode of game? No, because what I tried to do every year was, I mean, I guess my signature was I tried to get to the theme of the con, and I would tweak something in D&D to make it. Uh, the year Carnage 11 was, you know, we go to 11, it was a rock theme. Mm-hmm. And I actually did a whole D&D thing with a like high fantasy rock concert set up and had stuff going on with that. So mm-hmm. That year I did a, uh, a GURPS horror game called Band on the Run, where it was a bunch of monsters uh, hiding out as humans as a traveling rock band and one of them was an homage to a terry pratchett idea the tooth fairy which is the fairy that steals people's teeth right and uh the the, the player john got really into that character and was casting about for pliers and just anytime like anytime some innocent mortal would go down he'd be like he'd be at them with the pliers and we're like i was not expecting this right, right. i don't know why because i wrote it but i was not <laughs> expecting this that's always fun. I know um, there have been a couple years where on staff I've jumped into a game because somebody needed an extra player. And, you know, you just, you fall into the character. You have so little, as, as a player, you have so little invested in the character itself, mm-hmm. you know, that you can really play the character as the GM has written it up if you're using a pre-gen character. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if the GM has created a character who is very headstrong and I'm going to run into combat always. You can play the character that way and not have to worry about your character dying and having to roll a new character because that's one of the advantages of playing at a con over playing a long right. campaign. Yeah, that's it's, convention games are much more freeing in that regard. Right. But it's interesting the way that people can go either way. They can be they can 
take the GM's cues and go straight in the direction anticipated, or they take the GM's cues and come up with something completely out of left field. Yes. And some, you know, sometimes that's great and it makes total sense and makes everybody happy. Other times it's like, you're doing your thing and we're going to integrate that as best we can. Right. And as a GM, that's definitely a challenge. I mean, that's part of right. the challenge that people want from GMA. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes your group just decides that they're not going to go through with the mission and they're going to go try to kill ice krakens. Sure, why Just not? saying. <laughs> I, that, that doesn't sound like it comes from your personal experience. Oh, no, no, not at all. I wasn't part of that group that did that. <laughs> it's part of the table thumping? Yes. 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 Uh, and so that was Carnage 11. That was my... I know, I didn't start until 13. Carnage the 13th. 13th yes. Being on staff. And then... Uh, and I think that's where I started doing my Ghostbusters as, as a thing. And... Uh, just uh, helping get all the, the RPGs coordinated and off the ground. Mm -hmm. And we've, you know, we've had a team of different shapes as the years the years have gone on. You you were part of it. Yes. Christy was part of it. Nissa was part of it. These days, it, Nissa and I seem to have the partnership. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be hanging out in Snowshed, and you'll be across the way with the cards. Correct. Basically, we're going to be all at the same desk. Right. We're all going to be at the same desk. I'm still going to be over there. I'm just not going to be doing the same things that you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. I like looking back and seeing the contributions I've been able to make to the convention. Because, I mean, there's the, um, the games I help run and, and actually making the convention happen, but I also get to help with the website and uh, building that up more so it's, there, there's more stuff to, to attract people to it. Right. Putting on a podcast. That's always nice. Right. This got to be where I learned how to do that and figure out all the different pieces you need to pull together to put on a podcast and get it out to people and getting to do more with social media, engage with people through it. Like people write into the Facebook page and I'm usually the one who's helping them figure out what they need to know. And then our Twitter presence is, is growing a little bit more and people are starting to follow us who aren't like robots and authors desperate to sell their novels. Oh, that's great. It is. Some of them actually come to the convention. Wow. And I, was, I like seeing that they've been looking forward to the book coming out and stuff like that. I know one of my uh, favorite things is that uh, we do spend time going to other conventions and helping them out by running games. Um, and at the same time, you know, letting people know about Carnage that might not necessarily know about it. And mm -hmm. uh, the first time somebody showed up that hadn't known about Carnage that I was the one who told them about was it's one of those times when you're just sitting there and like you just kind of feel your pride swell a little bit you know you've you've brought this person there you did that yeah exactly I did that and uh you know the people who this happens to you know and I see them year after year now and it's like this is great you know this is somebody who hadn't known about the convention knows about it now and just keeps showing up mm -hmm. you know they like it so much that they keep showing up so so right what are you to wrap up Ray what are you looking forward to at A Fistful of Carnage this year? I'm looking forward to seeing all the familiar faces that have come to Carnage's past and all the new faces that this is their first Carnage. It's, it's energizing because it, it, we spend 11 months thinking about it. Yeah. And then it gets here and it's like, oh, you guys are having fun. Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, going back to Killington and, and it becoming... And it, coming to feel like the new home away from home in the way Lake Maury did. Because I, you know, I know all the, the, the turns and the stairs now, and I can generally find my way around unless you wind up in that one mysterious floor with no stairs at the end. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You'd think there'd be stairs down there. You really would. No. Uh, but 
yeah, I'm looking forward to Killington becoming the new home away from home. And exploring our new off-site uh, hotel room, which yes. will be completely different. Yes, this will be completely different, too. So, this has been CarnageCast 55. Uh, you should go to CarnageCon.com to download the convention book. If you found us on iTunes, go to CarnageCon.com to download the convention book and check out what else is going on in the convention. Uh, also, check the web addendum if you're thinking about coming this year in 2014. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash CarnageCon. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash CarnageCon. Tell your friends, round up a group of people to get the group rate, get your form in before the end of October 2014, and uh, hopefully we'll see you on the mountain at Killington. Ray, thank you for coming back to the show. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Carnage Cast, a production of NNEG LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit us at www.carnagecon.com. <laughs>